Hello there. You're welcome to the Read Podcast. This season, we'll be reading from the book Love the Way to Victory by Kenneth He Agin. I do pray that you learn as you enjoy this podcast. Remember that the blessing is in the application of the word. Come on, let's get into it. Make necessary adjustments. Sometimes people have come to my meetings who were seeking healing and sometimes I lay hands on them several times, yet they weren't healed. Other healing evangelists had prayed for them too, with no results. But many times when these same people made adjustments in their love work, they never needed anyone to lay hands on them. They were just automatically healed. You see, walking in love is an area of divine healing that needs to be preached too. Most of us want to live out our full length of time on earth, and the Bible promises that we can. But to do so, we will have to walk in the light of the word, including this scripture here in 1 Corinthians 11:31 about judging ourselves. If someone wants to go to the post office and I tell him how to get there, it is his fault if he never arrives at his destination. It's the same thing with divine healing and receiving the blessings of God, including long life. The Bible tells us exactly how to arrive at our destination, but we've got to walk in the light of the word to receive those blessings. I pastored for nearly 12 years, and in 12 years of pastoring, only two or three of my church members were healed instantly. Before the majority of the people received healing, I had to get down to the cause of why they were sick in the first place. I don't mean that I accused people who were sick of wrongdoing or sin or started digging in their past. But I'll simply pray that the Holy Ghost would show me if there was anything hindering them. And I would pray that he would show them where they needed to make adjustments. In every case I dealt with, as soon as the people rectified the course and made adjustments in their heart and in their attitude, they got healed. If they hadn't made the necessary adjustments, some of them would have died because their condition were that serious. The destruction of the flesh. We can see the consequences of not judging ourselves by this passage in 1 Corinthians 5. 1 Corinthians 5 verse 1-5. It is reported commonly that there is a fornication among you, and such fornication as is not so much as named among the Gentiles, that one should have his father's wife, and ye are puffed up, and have not rather mourned, that he that had done this deed might be taken away from among you. For I verily, as absent in the body, but present in the spirit, have judged already as though I were present concerning him that had done so these deeds. In the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, when ye are gathered together, and my spirit with the power of our Lord Jesus Christ, do deliver such one unto Satan for the destruction of his flesh, that the spirit may be saved in the day of the Lord Jesus. In this passage of the scripture, a son had evidently taken his stepmother away from his daddy and was living with her. Paul was surprised at the church at Corinth because they hadn't done anything about it. 
Paul told the Corinthians that when they came together, they were to deliver such a person to Satan for the destruction of his flesh so that his spirit would be saved in the day of Christ. You see, the church body could judge that sin because it was obvious. In other words, it is easy to judge that which is wrong for a man to live with his stepmother, isn't it? Or if a man is just living with a woman and they are not married, it is easy to judge that. That is sin. And the church needs to deal with Christians in the church who are doing these things. We can see in this passage of the scripture in 1 Corinthians 5 that the church has a whole lot more authority and power than we've ever exercised. Evidently, the church at Corinth didn't understand or realize that they had the authority to do something about that situation. This scripture also tells us who it is that destroys the flesh. Verse 5 says, Turn him over to Satan for the destruction of the flesh. Satan destroys the flesh, not God. Have you ever noticed that sometimes those people who have really known God but then walked away from him will turn back to him when their flesh starts getting destroyed? Evidently, this fellow repented and got healed. In Paul's second letter to the Corinthians, Paul told Corinthians to take him back into their fellowship because godly sorrow had worked repentance. What does the Bible say about judging ourselves? It says that if we would judge ourselves, we would not be judged by the Lord. But if we refuse to judge ourselves, then the Lord has to chasten us so we won't be condemned with the world. That's not God's best, but it sure beats going to hell. You see, in the case of this man who was living with his stepmother, the Bible told the church to turn him over to Satan for the destruction of his flesh so the man would repent and turn back to God. Then here in 1 Corinthians 11, 31 and 32, the Bible said that if we won't judge ourselves, the Lord will judge us. Well, the Lord will judge us for more than just physical sin. He will also judge us for spiritual sin. Only the Lord can see spiritual sin. In fact, Jesus told me once when he appeared to me in a vision, I'll judge my people more quickly on spiritual sin than I will on physical sin. What did he mean by spiritual sin? Well, for instance, spiritual sins are hidden motives and attitude. You and I don't know the motives behind people's actions, but Jesus does. You can't see motives. People can do the right things for the wrong motives and get a demerit instead of a blessing because their motives is all wrong. It is not based on love. You and I can't see attitudes, but God can. Our motives and priorities have to be right or God can't bless us like he wants to. That's why it is so important to develop the God kind of love so our motives are pure. Now, for instance, when the evangelists in these days of the voice of healing that I referred to earlier, the Lord waited for his minister to judge himself and put away sin. But the minister never did judge himself and walked in love towards his fellow brethren. So God finally had to judge him. 
then some dear Christians who don't know the Bible say, that fellow had a great healing ministry, yet he died at 38. That proves that healing is not for everyone. No, that doesn't prove healing is not for everyone. When you know the background, you will just simply know that the man wouldn't judge himself. So God had to judge him. God chastened him so he wouldn't be condemned with the world. Are you shortening your days or lengthening them? You see, we can shorten our days or we can lengthen them by walking in love and by doing what God has told us to do. We need to judge ourselves so the Lord won't have to judge us. We need to judge ourselves primarily in this area of walking in love and discerning the body of Christ. Then we won't have to be condemned with the world. When my wife and I were still living in Texas, I went to pray for a man who had fluid in his lungs and was having difficulty breathing. The doctor had diagnosed him with cancer of the lungs. They said his lungs could only be drained so many times and then they wouldn't be able to do anything else for him. I was standing on one side of his bed to pray for this man and his brother-in-law was standing on the other side. I reached my hand out, laid it on the sick man's forehead and started praying. As I prayed, I felt a warm hand take a hold of my hand and take it off his head. I opened my eyes and looked at the man. I thought maybe he had pulled my hand off his head because I was pressing too hard on his forehead. So I put my hand on the man again, shut my eyes and started praying. But the same thing happened again. I felt a warm hand take my hand off his forehead. This time I kept my eyes open and again I laid my hands on his forehead with my eyes wide open. I couldn't see anything but I felt a warm hand just take my hand off his head. I finally said to the Lord, Lord, why did you take my hand off his head? The Lord said, because he is going to die. I said, but Lord, he's only 43 years old. You promised us long life. He's not old enough to die. How come he's going to die? The Lord said, I've been waiting for him for 30 years to judge himself and put away sin and live right. He was saved when he was 13 years old. I healed him one time of a broken back and he left his wife and was living in adultery. I waited on him for 30 years, but he wouldn't judge himself. So I judged him and turned him over to Satan for the destruction of his flesh. So his spirit may be saved in the day of the Lord Jesus. So you just leave him alone and let him come home. He's ready now. Well, that was all revelation to me because I didn't know anything about the man. But I don't just accept something just because it happens. I check up on it. The Bible said, prove all things, hold fast that which is good. 1 Thessalonians 5 verse 21. So I talked to his sister. I told her what the Lord had said to me. She said, yes, that's exactly right. He left his wife and was living with another woman. One day, he was walking on a building, fell off a scaffold and broke his back. This man's sister told me that the woman he was living with wouldn't take care of him. So he went back to his wife. He got to praying and got back into fellowshipping with God. Then he told his wife, I am healed. 
and wanted the doctor to cut the cast off him. The doctor told him, no, I can't do that. If I take the cast off you now, you will turn black and blue all over again and fall dead on the floor. Well, the fellow finally convinced his sister to get the butcher knife and helped him cut the cast off. Then he got out of bed and just like the doctor had said, he turned black and blue and fell on the floor like he was dead. But then suddenly he rose up completely healed, but he still didn't judge himself. God had told me I healed his back and waited on him for 30 years to judge himself and put away sin. Well, well, standing in that bedroom praying for the man when the Lord told me not to pray for him. I didn't pray for him. The man asked me to take him down to the hospital so they could drain his lungs. After they drained his lung, he could breathe better. So he came back home. He wasn't, he wasn't bed fast. That afternoon, my wife and I drove to East Texas to hold a meeting. We started the meeting on Saturday. On Sunday night, the phone rang and it was the man's sister on the phone. She said, my brother went home to be with the Lord just a little while ago. Then she told us what happened. She said, the doctor came out and had Sunday dinner with us. This man's case was terminal, but he wasn't near death that time. He could still go to the table and eat Sunday dinner with them. She related, my brother asked the doctor, doctor, how much more do I have? Oh, the doctor said, you don't have to worry about dying for another six months. You can only drain your lungs so many times, but the doctors are constantly working on a cure for cancer and we might come up with a cure by then. My brother said, it may surprise you to know that I am going home at 10.20 tonight. After dinner, his sister went to church. She told the pastor that her brother had said he was going home to be with the Lord at 10.20 that evening. Her brother couldn't go to church because he would get to coughing and disrupt the service, so he just stayed at home. After the service, the pastor drove by his house to check on him. It was in the summertime, so the man was sitting out on the porch. The pastor told his sister, I drove up to the scrub and started talking to him. The house was fairly close to the scrub, so the pastor just sat in his car and talked to the fellow. I said to him, how are you doing? He said, fine. I thought to myself, it's nearly 10 o'clock right now and he looks fine to me. He's not going to die at 10.20. Here he is, sitting on the front porch, talking to me. So I came on home. I had just barely gotten to the front door, the pastor said, when the telephone rang. It was this man's sister. She told me, my brother died at 10.20, just like he said he would. Now, that wasn't God's best. It wasn't God's perfect will for him to die at 43 years old. It was God's will for him to live out his full length of time here without sickness or diseases. But the man wouldn't judge himself and walk in love. The Bible said, For this cause many are weak and sickly and die prematurely. You see, these are causes why people die prematurely. It's not God's best that people don't live out their full length of time down here on the earth. 
But that's why we need to judge ourselves and make sure we walk in love. If you judge yourself, you will not be judged by the Lord. What does it mean to judge yourself? It means that when you see that you've missed it, judge yourself on sin. Just say, Lord, what I did was wrong. Please forgive me. I held a meeting for a fellow once who was just a little bit older than I was. I was only about 28 years old at that time and he was about 30. He was married and had two children and was the pastor of a good church that was doing well. But I could see that something was wrong and that if he kept walking like he was walking, he was going to get into trouble. My wife and his children would come to the table to eat dinner and they would be almost shaking. They were so afraid of him. The fellow would get mad and begin to abuse his wife. Finally, she developed a stomach problem because she was so nervous. Those little children would come to the dinner table and they were so scared of him. They were almost shaking. The fellow would throw a mad fist and go through the house knocking things down. If something didn't suit him just right, he would knock the dishes off the table. This man was a pastor. I stayed in the parsonage with him and his family, so I tried to talk to him about it. I said to him, you're going to ruin your wife's health if you keep this up. You're going to ruin your children's lives, and if you keep this up, eventually you will lose them. If you keep going like this, you're going to cut your own days short. I said, your children have the impression that God is like you are. They are going to grow up and act like you do. He never would listen to me. He wouldn't judge himself and walk in love towards his family. In the course of time, this pastor's oldest boy grew up and got married. He was saved and filled with the spirit, but he began acting like his father did. He'll get angry about something and he would throw those mad fists. His wife wouldn't put up with it. She left him and went back home to live with her parents. Well, he got mad about it and decided that he was going to go over to her parents' house and get her. So he went to his daddy's in-law's house. He pounded on the door and said, She's my wife. I've come after her. His daddy-in-law wouldn't open the door. He just talked to him through the door because he knew how he got when he threw those mad fists. His daddy-in-law said, She's not going with you. Her health is ruined. Her nerves are short. She may be your wife, all right, but until you learn to act like a man and a gentleman, she's staying right here. No, she's my wife and I'm coming in to get her. I will knock the door down if I have to. He knocked the door down and his daddy-in-law emptied both barrels of gunshot right into his face, killing him instantly. Well, I told that pastor, this young man's father, that his children was going to wind up that way. Also, in the course of time, the pastor's wife's health was ruined. When he was just in his mid-50s, he was in such bad health. Then some people said, here's the preacher who had that good full gospel church. He's sick and in bad health. That just proves that healing is not for everyone. Yet, that had nothing to do with it. If only he had judged himself and walked in love. That was the last church 
he ever pastored. This man just wouldn't judge himself and put away sin. He wouldn't walk in love towards his wife and his children. God didn't have anything to do with his bad health or his children turning out that way. The fellow did it to himself because he wouldn't judge himself, change and treat his family right. I don't know about you, but I'm going to judge myself. And when I see I've missed it, I'm not even going to wait until I get to church. I'm going to judge myself right then and there and straighten up anything that needs to be straightened up so I can enjoy God's healing and health and all of his best blessings in life. I want to prolong my days, not cut them short. When faith won't work. If you're not walking in love, your faith won't work. That's simple. If your faith is failing you, you need to check up on your love walk. Galatians 5 verse 6. 6. Faith worketh by love. Once I knew a particular person who thought everyone was wrong about him. This man criticized any person you would mention. And then he had the audacity to say, well, I tried that faith business and it won't work. No. His faith won't work because he didn't walk in love. Not only was he not walking in love, but then he insulted God and insulted the Bible by saying faith doesn't work. Well, if faith doesn't work, then Jesus lied in Mark 11:24 when he said, "What things soever ye desire when ye pray, believe that ye receive them and ye shall have them." But of course, Jesus didn't lie about it. If there's any failure, it's not on God's part or on Jesus's part. God never fails, and his word never fails either. So we might just as well admit that if there's any failure, it has to be on our part. What we need to do is check up and find out where we missed it and get ourselves back in line with the word. I knew two preachers who had been successful in ministry for a number of years and both of them died at an early age. I'll tell you exactly why they died. One of them said to me, "I know you are right, but I'd rather just go ahead and die than admit that I'm wrong." The other one said basically the same thing. I had known this full gospel Pentecostal evangelist years before. I had seen him for a number of years, but I was holding a meeting in another state and ran into this man's brother-in-law. I asked him, "Whatever happened to Brother C?" "Oh," he said, "he died." "He died?" I said. "He wasn't old enough to die. He was only in his 50s." "Yes, but he died." "Well, I asked, "What was wrong with him?" His brother-in-law said he had cancer. But you know how he was. He would never admit he was wrong about anything. I knew exactly why he didn't get his healing. You know, sometimes folks won't listen to you because you are their kinfolk. I had even tried to talk to this fellow. When I talked to him, he told me, "No, no. I've never missed it since I've been born again and become a Christian. I've never missed it." I'm perfect. Why? A fellow like that is going to die. Nobody is perfect but Jesus. But you see, 
he wouldn't judge himself and put away sin and wrongdoing. That doesn't mean he did something wrong or something terribly bad, but he just insisted that he never missed it in life. His brother-in-law told me, I knew he needed to ask some of his kinfolks to forgive him, but he wouldn't admit that he had ever done anything wrong, so he never got it straightened out with them. Everyone else was wrong but him. Well now, if a fellow is like that, his faith won't work. For one thing, God can't bless him because he is not in the place of God's blessing. Well, praise God, when I see I am wrong, I am going to change, aren't you? I am not going to be hard-headed about it and say that I am right when I am wrong. How important it is to walk in love. Do you want God's best in your life? Do you want to live out your full length of time on this earth? You would never attain God's best in this life unless you propose in your heart to walk in love. I don't know about you, but I am targeting for God's best. I am not satisfied with second best. How can you make sure you get God's best in life? Judge yourself on sin. That doesn't mean judge anyone else on sin. The Bible says to judge yourself. Romans 14 verse 13, 1 Corinthians 11, 31, 32. Judge yourself on your love walk and on how you treat the body of Christ. Then put away sin and practice walking in love in every area of your life. Love walks no evil to his neighbor. So stop and think every time before you act or say something. Ask yourself, how is this going to affect the other person? And what would love do? If what you are about to say or do would walk ill to the other person, then don't do it or say it because it wouldn't be walking in love. Every step out of love is sin, but walking in love is fulfilling the law. I am talking about the God kind of love that is patient and kind. God's love never boils over with jealousy. It is not boastful and vainglorious. It does not display itself utterly. God's love in us does not insist on his own right or on his own way. For it is not self-seeking. It is not touchy or fretful or resentful. It takes no account of evil done to it. It pays no attention to a suffered wrong. If you will learn how to walk in God's love, it will cure any situation that exists. I don't care what situation it is. God's love will cure it if you just walk in it. Of course, the God kind of love won't work if you don't work it. What do I mean by work it? I mean, you have to exercise and develop the God kind of love that's already in your heart before you start reaping the rewards that the love of God brings. For instance, suppose someone went to the doctor and the doctor gave the person a prescription for what was wrong with him. The person filled the prescription and went home, but he just put the medicine beside the bed and didn't take any of it. Well, the doctor told him the dose to take, but if the person doesn't take it, it won't work. The next day, the person gets worse. He says, I don't understand. This medicine isn't working, but the medicine wasn't going to work just sitting on the table. It's the same way with spiritual things. The Bible is not going to work just laying on the table beside your bed. 
No, you've got to get it out and put those spiritual truths into operation in your life. Then the blessings of God will manifest in your life. The love of God is like that. God's love in you is not going to work just because it's in you. You've got to feed it on the word and exercise it by practicing it and then it will grow and increase. But if you don't walk in love, eventually you will be judged by God and it can cost you your life. It's just better to walk in love. God's love will work for you. Since sickness is a satanic oppression, when you are walking in love and Satan comes along with any of his sickness, you can just say to him, Satan, I am walking in love. Take your hands off me. You can also do that with your little children as long as they are under your jurisdiction. When they grow up, they will have to do it for themselves. If you haven't been walking in love, run as fast as you can and get back in the love walk. If you have to repent and ask someone to forgive you, do it. God's love always prevails. God's love always wins and love never fails, fades out or comes to an end. Love always forgives. So forgive so you can live in victory. The Bible tells us exactly how to receive what has already been provided for us in Christ. But it is up to each of us to follow his instruction so we can arrive at our destination. God's highest and best in our lives. Walking in the love of God is the way to do that. Hello there. I trust you had a wonderful time listening. Do join me again next time as we continue on this love adventure. I pray that God's love will continue to find expression in and through you. I am Eunice. Enjoy the rest of your day.